need to warm up. I'm coming in hot with some liquor in my cup. Yo, it's eight on the dot. I hope y'all are ready for a pinch of beta. Why not? Here we go. Here we go. Let's start the show. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was pretty good, JR. Was, I'll give you oh, that really? Really? Was. Come yeah. on. You're just you rhyme. up to JR. You rhyme. Mm -hmm. You know I like you know? rhyme. Oh, yeah. Hickory dickory dock. Stop me if you heard this. No. No. He's up. No, oh come my on. God. That was pretty good. Was Thank pretty you. Good. Thank you, Janice. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome to a pinch of basil, ladies and gentlemen, with that baby making music with some rap on top of it. <laughs> Why? We don't know. It's Wednesday, April 13th, and we are indeed live. It's the best damn radio video podcast show ever. I want to bring you fantastic guests who are the movers and shakers in the world news, entertainment, authors, politicians, and sports stars from all over the world. I am Basil, your wonderful, humble, gracious host, along with our own queen of the airwaves, our own Janice Hermson, and our ebony Eminem of love, for he'll melt in your mouth and not in your hands, my brother of love and chief engineer, J.R. Quitman. And we are indeed streaming this show and broadcasting our show, and I should say live, on Twitch at A Pinch of Basil, on Facebook at Basil Fans, on Twitter.com at Basil Fans, on YouTube at Basil the Comedian, and of course, through Anchor and all of our eight different outlets that they have, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, just to name a few. And let's not forget, forget Greek Beat Radio. We think they're on the yeah, air with us. Yeah, we should be. <laughs> well, we we're going to so. give it a shot and never know. <laughs> Uh, hey, Florida Flor Flor Ito is on the show. What's going on, baby? And uh, listen, I want to thank them because we broadcast this show all over the world. That's right. It takes us all over the world from Australia, South Africa, Europe, North America, Central and South America. And of course, as always, I love to hear from you. Perhaps the greatest fans and listeners around the world. You can comment on what we're talking about, and we'll even answer our guests, for we love them, and we love hearing their questions. You can even call in toll-free at 844-523-2633. That's 844-523-2633. Like I said, I want to hear from you. I really do, my special listeners. So go to the social outlets I just mentioned, or you can even email me personally if you want to send something like, Basil, my God, how can I hear more of JR's rap album, that's my guy. That's my guy right there, baby. <laughs> I don't know why I even said that. <laughs> I should hey, I should open for your tour. I should be the oh, I should be open to that. Yeah, but really? <laughs> yes, of course. What was I saying? Of course you should. Oh my god. You know hey, how look. enthusiastic he is, don't you? Yeah. you can hear it. <laughs> Follow me, join us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Basil Fans. Hey, uh, for those of you who want to find out what's going on, 
Uh, I am not going to be at uh, tomorrow night in Reno. I will be there the 15th, a day later, unfortunately. Uh, flights uh, got jammed up, so I'll be there the 15th through the 17th at the world-famous Laugh Factory in uh, the Silver Legacy Hotel and Casino. And then in Las Vegas, baby, at the legendary Tropicana Casino and Hotel at the Laugh Factory. And then, hey, Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, baby, I'll be in Detroit. Um, I'm going to be there at Andiamo Showroom April 29th. Don't miss this show. We're going to be filming part of it for my new special. Hey, you want to find out more? Just go to my website at basillive.com, B-A-S-I-L-E-L-I-V-E.com. And, uh, hey, casinos, theaters, fundraisers, corporate events, private parties, and comedy clubs, of course, email me at basil, B-A-S-I-L-E, at basillive.com. In a few minutes, our guest, Anthony, uh, I should say, author Tony Roth will be with us about his new book, Trigger Point. And uh, it's good to be back on the air with you guys. Uh, what's going on, y'all? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, we got the big rapper here. So, you know, what else yeah, is know. there? Yeah, I know. Enjoy <laughs> me while you can. Enjoy <laughs> me while you can. I mean, as soon as everybody hears that, you know, <laughs> offers are going to be coming in. Um, just be ready to pull out the checkbook. So I was going to say, we better solidify that <clears throat> contract, right? Yeah, we better do something because we're going to lose JR and God forbid. <laughs> If we lose JR, it's the end of it. I just it is. It is. <laughs> to be on, to be Come honest on. with you, I don't know what the hell we do without him. So, oh my God, you're the best rapper in the world, JR. You're just wonderful. The price is going up. The price is every minute we take. The price is going up. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> uh, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, listen, without you, man, both y'all, uh, this is perhaps the only time I get to kind of let loose because, you know, I'm structured in my show, even though I probably don't show it. And I want to thank the people down in Sarasota over, we did a hell of a, a, a fun um, a time and uh, with Steve Netta, who was my opening act did a great job. Uh, and we were at perhaps one of the greatest comedy clubs in the U S uh, McCurdy's uh, comedy club and theater. I, I just a wonderful, wonderful group of people to work with and just a wonderful, wonderful audience. And my God, the place went nuts. And I just want to thank them all for being such wonderful guests. And you know what? Those T-shirts, remember the ones I told you about? The Basilicious T-shirts sold out, nice. sold out. Oh, that's awesome. nice. Oh, my gosh. So I just have enough that's to bring stuff. for Reno and to bring for Vegas, and then the but the ones I took down, yeah, I was, no one was more surprised than me. I said, "We did, we did what? We sold them all." <laughs> nah, okay. So the only thing I was doing was signing the tongue on each one. Love basil, love basil, love basil. <laughs> so it was pretty good, man. What y'all been? Oh, by the way, Easter's coming. You know, uh, next week is is going to be. Um, this week is 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 Christian Easter. Next week is going to be Greek Easter. And uh, so for all of our friends who are listening to us right right now uh, for Christian Easter, have a happy Easter. Janice, both of y'all, I got the best gift. I have uh, my godbrother, Anthony Miris from Riverhead, Long Island. There is a place called Papa Nick's and he makes his own chocolate. And oh. you know what? It's perhaps the oh, best right. chocolate I've ever had in my life. And I'm not just saying that because he's my godbrother. Right. Uh, my mother, my mother christened him. And but uh, 
it, it, even my wife Kula went crazy. So wow. the yeah, the chocolate bunny broke into pieces, and we wound up going ahead and eating the hell out of it. But the big chocolate cross that he has, a solid chocolate cross. I'm telling you, I can't wait till Easter time to eat that bad boy. You know, that <clears> one's good. Just unbelievable. Uh, what do y'all love? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry to jump on you like that. But I love the holidays, especially with kids nowadays. You know what I mean? Just the candy and the, the extras and all that good stuff. Like, I'll always be the biggest kid in the house. You know what I mean? So You and me both. We got to get the candy for, you know, daddy, and but mostly for the kids. But I get a yeah, lot well, of listen, Daddy needs uh, Smarties. Daddy needs, yeah. you know, daddy needs some Kit Kats. You know, daddy yep. needs Reese's Pieces. Gotta and have some, some Reese's Cups. Oh, Gotta man. Reese's Cups. Uh, Reese Cups, forget, man. Mm. I'll tell you, M&M's, Peanut, yes. got to have it. You know what a sleeper, though? Sleeper M&M's are the caramel M&M's. Have you had those? No. I have never they, had those. They are sleeper delicious. <laughs> have you ever tried the almond M&M's? Oh, yeah. Anything now, with is, almond in it, um, unless it has coconut, I love it. You know, have try throwing a bag in the freezer. Just mm. throw a bag of them in the freezer, mm. and then Have take a few good. out and put them in your mouth. Mm. They're frozen, but they just—oh my god, they're delicious. Mm. Janice, I don't know if you like M and M's or any of that. Yeah, I do. Um, I really like licorice much better, though. Twizzlers. No, real <laughs> good licorice. <laughs> right. Twizzlers are okay. Janice. Yes, Top black five licorice. Candies. Top My five top candy. five? Oh Let's gosh, do I don't have five. Let's do I don't it. have five. You always top ask me three. five. Top three. Oh, I would say licorice. No, no. Check that. Raisinets. Is number Raisinets. three? Yeah. Okay. No, Raisinets is, okay, you want 3-2-1? Start from three, yep. Yep, mm. start from three. All right, then I'd have to do M&M's. Okay. And then licorice, black licorice. Not red, black. Wow. And then... Uh, raisinets are the number one. Interesting licorice. I, that's that's interesting. I, I'm not, I don't know if I've known. <laughs> I don't know if I know anybody that has licorice that high on the candy yep. list. It's high. Yes, oh, it's wow. huge. I get that for my birthday. People get me that for my <laughs> birthday. <laughs> and and I guess I could have done five because red hots are in there, but they're down lower. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm. Basil, okay. what you got? Oh, top five. I got like top six, but I'll Ooh, tell you. Oh, you working? Okay. Oh yeah, uh, I've been putting this down. Yeah, I put a lot of work into five. this. Uh, Junior Mints, number six. Junior Mints. All yeah. right. All right. Jelly beans, number five. Any type right. of jelly bean that there is, I'm all about the jelly beans. Smarties. That Smarties mm. got to be number four. Okay. A paid day. Or a Snickers bar. Those are a tight three. Twizzlers, number two. And Mounds or Almond Joy. It doesn't matter because I love the coconut. Okay. Wow. Wow, wow is right, huh? These lists, I like these lists. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm constructing mine right now. So let me see. And then. That's why right. he has me go first, right? Yes. So you <laughs> could copy. Go ahead. Wrap that out. My I'm going to copy Janice's list, and I can't wait because I'm just a gist. You know what? <laughs> Boy, wow. so, okay, so we're gonna have to have a freestyle battle at some point. Mm. <laughs> All right, Bring so it. My, list, my list, 
Number five, I got Starburst, number five. Mm, okay. Then I have Skittles, mm, then good. Twix, Reese's okay. Cups, Snickers, number one, Snickers. How about a cold frozen Snickers out of the freezer or refrigerator on a hot day? Perfect. Not bad. Oh. Not bad at all. Oh. You know what? You know what's weird? I, when I was growing up, I used to kind of, I used to kind of melt my Snickers a little bit, throw it in the microwave and kind of melt it a little bit, mm. and then eat That's it with a spoon, and then eat it with a spoon. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Very weird, yo. Weird. Yeah. That's what it is. It's weird. Oh. Well, we were talking about the other day. We were talking about popcorn, man. I could, I could wind mm. up, you know, popcorn with the garlic salt and the butter, and you do it not hot popped. It's got to be with, you know, or like I put it with olive oil and pop in the popcorn and take a stick of butter mm. and you melt the butter and you pour it all over, mix it up, and you put garlic salt or gar typically garlic salt is better, and mix it up. Oh, if you like garlic and butter, mm, mm. I'm telling that you, sounds delicious. But, yeah, but jelly beans. Mm. You know what else I like? I know they sound. They, a lot of people don't like them, but to me, circus peanuts. Just mm. specifically, circus peanuts. Sir, no, not the not not, not like the, from the circus. Peanut, not not peanut baby. <laughs> you, you want some peanuts, baby? You want some peanuts, <laughs> baby? You want some peanuts? You want some my beer? You want some my beer? You want some my peanuts? No, no, ma'am. I don't. I don't want. <laughs> good. I'm good. No, Thank you've you. never had circus peanuts. It's like when you go to like a. <laughs> Like uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, J. Uh, what do you call it? the uh, CVS? And you mm -hmm. go to all the candies, and it's those little orange things, and they're called circus peanuts. And there's like you, no. you would thought they they smell like styrofoam, but you put them in your mouth, and they're delicious. I know <laughs> it sounds terrible, but I, I, <laughs> yeah, I can't say that I have. I'm not familiar. Oh my god, <laughs> you and I gotta go to a CVS one day and just go shopping. You know. Oh man, that's good candy at at, uh, at the CVS is for sure. Oh, they got they got the mix. They got the good candy. They got the mix of all the different candies. You go to a yeah. cheap, you know, gasoline station, and they'll have that stuff there too. And I'm like, yeah, no one wants this. It's been there hanging for three years. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, the expiration date has been over a year past, and but you're like, yeah, this is really really good. I like this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So for me, it's always been like fantastic. I love that. But I got to be honest with you, man. The candies, and I should, you and I should not be eating candies, you know. Not as much as we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as much as we do, for sure. But I, but I cut down, but oh my God, Halloween, I will take a handful of Smarties and put them in my pocket. And my wife goes, I thought we had a lot more Smarties. Yeah, those damn kids came around uh, a lot, you know. And, uh, you know. <laughs> They're growing up. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they just digging in as much as they all day long, you know. Oh, my God. Flor Flor I want to thank Floria, uh, who's listening right now. Uh, she is. She says she's Greek. Huh. And she says she likes cobbers. What are cobbers? cobbers? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she'll tell familiar. us. What Maybe are cobbers, Floria? I have no clue. I don't know either. I don't know either. Like C O B B E R S? Is that it? C O. Uh huh. That just reminded me, actually. C O B B E R S. Cobbers. Yeah. Okay. So today is, I believe, Peach Cobbler Day, right? It if is I'm not mistaken. Peach Cobbler Day. And it's the hell also, you you know been, you've been stealing my game there, buddy. It's also wow. National right. Make Lunch Count Day. Make, like, wow. Do we have a problem with that? 
Wait a minute. Say what now? Say it again. It's make lunch day. Make lunch count day. Make lunch count day. Yep. Interesting. Yep. What did yeah. you have for lunch? Anything special? Did you guys, you guys ever have this place? I had an Richard? awesome lunch. Ooh, we ate have? at Habanero. I can't remember exactly the name of the, the whole thing, but it was Habaneros in the name. And we had quesadillas, three different kinds, so we could all share and try the different kinds. Uh-huh. And nice. some street nice. tacos. And they were awesome. So if you're in Reno, you ought to go to, it's, it's a little place on Rock and McCarran. And it's wonderful. So are you going to take me there for lunch maybe on I Saturday? Can. I can. I don't know if they're open on Saturday. I don't think they are. They kind of cater to the business crowd. All right. Maybe we can go maybe on Friday when I get maybe in. Maybe if you make it. If, I make it. <laughs> if you get there. That's the, other, yeah. that's the other question. If I make it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. I, there is a place called Witch Witch that we have mm. here. And um, it's a it's a it's a chain store, but they make some really phenomenal great. And I had I had a great hero. Um, I, I stayed away from red meat. Uh, that was my big thing. I was going to stay away from red meat. That was right. my so no steaks, no nothing. Mm-hmm. But I wound up going ahead and I had a ham and Swiss with uh, jalapeno and banana pepper and some lettuce and heavy mayo and it was delicious and then uh, kula who's fasting they actually had this vegetable hoagie she said it was fantastic so wow. okay by the way cobbers they mm-hmm. are fancy it says fancy some caramel wrapped in milk chocolate need to remove a Ooh. filling from your teeth and can't afford a de- dentist cobbers are good for both <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's, that's a good selling point right there. <laughs> yeah, don't go. You don't need yep. no dentist for God's sake. Save a thousand dollars and eat a cover. <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this onto the Facebook Interesting. page here. Okay. Have you ever heard yeah. uh, heard of Werther's Werther's butterscotch? Yes, Werther's I love Werther's, Werther's oh, yeah. butterscotch. Werther's when I'm reading, great. yeah, when I'm reading something and yeah. I just want to have something to taste when I'm reading. I, I eat Werther's. Really funny that I do that. I feel like a child when I do that. Yeah, so. there's some Cobbers chewy caramel there for you on the Facebook page. Let me see. Nice. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to open. I'm afraid I'm going to dis- disconnect. Yeah, it could myself. be something. Ain't no telling. What- yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> might stick. And, it might stick. Hazel <laughs> disappears, and all of a sudden we're going to have another 45 minutes of Jr. rapping. You know. Hey, got to give the people what they want. You know. <laughs> Gotta give them what they want. Yeah, yeah. Can we hear more of Jr.'s greatest hits, please? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, there we go. So those are cobbers, there, huh? Those are wow. cobbers. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder those where, where Floria does Floria say where she's from? I did Australia? not see the, the link. So. Gloria, if you can tell us where you're from, that'd be really good. Australia's got some really different, unique type of taste of candy and, and beers and stuff like that. And one of the things I fell in love with is their apple ale. They have, uh, and I like apple. I love the taste of apple juice anyway, but this mm-hmm. is like an apple beer. And it was delicious. I would have like a couple every night after my shows, and it's a big, 
pints and stuff. It was fantastic. It was I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good stuff. I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not a fan of like sweet alcohol, anything like beer, liquor, not anything sweet. I don't I don't I don't handle it well. Really? No, I don't. You I get don't. drunk off of it quick, or do you? No, I, just, um, I just my stomach gets upset off of it. I just can't like Fireball, Goldschlager, Jaeger, my, any of those. No, nah, I can't do. I it. never liked Jaeger. I never liked. I always thought that was like ugh. And then people are like, "Oh my god, you got to do a Jaeger with yeah, some yeah. Uh, with uh, some bull. What do you call that? Jaeger uh, bomb. Jaeger bombs. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, no, no. Why would I want to do that? You know, it's just based, no. Um, I remember, I mean, I liked the, a little bit of the taste, you know, uh, you remember, um, children's aspirin growing mm -hmm. up like Flintstones, you know? children. Aspirin yeah, well, or, yeah, yeah, that was tough weight. Yeah. And you know, that was our edibles of the day, you know, to be quite <laughs> honest, <laughs> but I would take, I would have, and it was this little the thing when I was a kid and it was children's <laughs> aspirin, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I would take, and it was, you know, and I would hallucinate, you know, <laughs> and, and I would see St. Joseph because it was St. Joseph's children's aspirin for kids. And I just <laughs> pop them bad boys, hallucinate. It was me, Jesus and St. Joseph. It was beautiful, man. We were talking about what we're going to do the next day and everything. And what we're going to do for lunch and stuff like that. It was nice. Right, right. <laughs> Just as a kid, just so you started early, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah. Well, like I said, man, that was my, you know, that was my edibles for that that time, you know. Right. If I had gummy bear edibles at that time, I would have been, I would have been dead by now. To be quite honest, <laughs> Janice, what did you ever, did you ever like take any ch children's aspirin or anything like that? That was because it tasted good. No, that wasn't no. me. No, really. Mm -mm. Nope, wow. not my deal. Mm. So sorry. Hmm. Man. Can't help you out on that one. Okay. I don't know what the hell kind of fun you were when you were a child. Well, JR is going to show you in a second what kind of fun I am, aren't you, JR? There it is. Here we go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the hell happened? She disappeared. Hey, she's on special assignment. She's Again? On special assignment. Yeah. She'll, she'll be back. She'll be back. <laughs> she's going to get. And and stuff. She's like, right. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, man. <clears throat> so for lunch, for lunch, for lunch. So I had, so I made myself today. <laughs> I, a, I made myself fried bologna sandwich Ooh. with a fried egg, some cheese, mayonnaise, toasted bread. Were you off the whole day today? No, no, no. I just go in late. So I take my oh. kids to school or whatever, and then, you know, mess around around the house. I recorded. Oh, my goodness gracious. Can't wait for everybody to hear this. Recorded an amazing podcast this morning with, uh, in the front row with Mike Vaccaro. We had an amazing guest, a uh, Super Bowl MVP. Um, just I'll leave it at that. Can't wait for that episode to drop tomorrow. Um, we got to try and get him on the air one day. Oh, yeah. That'd be, man, he, it was great. It was it was great for sure. Yeah, we got to get no them doubt. on there. For Man, sure. it was just it was just beautiful listening to the stories. Just uh, but uh, I want to keep talking. I'll end up giving it away or whatever. No, but. no, I, I'm going to be <laughs> careful because uh, I I think it was cool when I saw the who you told me about. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, okay, because I remember that Super Bowl that he was right. in. 
And again, I'm not going to give it away, but every time I get up, what, what happened? What, what, what? It was time when I left, like, but they scored again. No, it was crazy. Oh my goodness. But no, that interview, it was great. But, um, but yeah, a little fried. So I'm a huge fan of fried bologna anyway. Just I like bologna, but you know what? I don't remember having it fried. I've never, I don't think I've ever had fried bologna. All right. That's we gotta have we gotta find so there was somewhere that used to have a you could get a fried bologna sandwich from down here in Wilmington somewhere. I don't remember where it is though. I'll I'll figure it out. You gotta have some fried bologna in your life, man. The key is though, the key, sorry. So when you fry it, when you put it in the pan, it'll bubble up, right? So it'll bubble up on you. You know what I mean? So the key is wow, Peter, I see you. I see you, Peter. But um what's Peter saying? <laughs> he says the good guest, Doug Williams. That's a great guest. That is a great, great That'd be guess. amazing. That'd be amazing. Tune in tomorrow. It'll probably drop at two two o'clock tomorrow in the front row with Mike Vaccaro on all your podcast platforms and everything like that. Oh, oh my god. And then let me see Marian Glados Kiriakos. We still love you. Karyotaki. Ah, oh, they still love me. What's uh, what's what's Karyotaki? You know, uh, someone from Ikaria, from the island of Ikaria. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love you guys too, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Uh, I love you too. You yeah. Know? JR has got too. a rap about Ikaria one day. Hey. <laughs> 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 but the bologna, the fried bologna sandwich, though. So, let me, so when you fry it, right, mm-hmm. it'll bubble up on you. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do, you have to cut some slits in the edges of it, just like so two, little, or two slits. Yeah. Just. You know what I mean? Just so okay. that it doesn't, it'll be have enough air in it to uh, to flatten, flatten out. out. Yep. Yeah, but it's delicious. Burn and get a little crisp on it. I believe the I believe the the bell of the ball has joined us again. <laughs> well, I'm glad y'all know each other's nice uh, surprise. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Should I start rapping now? Yeah. Oh God, I can hardly wait oh, to hear this. Do, okay, please do. <laughs> it's got to do. Got to have something to do with Larue. Um, but it, oh no, I can't go there. Never mind. <laughs> that'll break the internet. You'll break. That'll go viral. That'll break the internet. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> no, I gotta tell you, I you know I, the one thing, and I have like my daughter Zacharula and I, we both have the same bizarre tastes. We really do. Mm-hmm. Maybe for sushi, maybe for anything. She likes what I like. I felt as a kid, I loved liverwurst. Okay. But I don't like liverwurst in a sandwich. I like liverwurst to cut the liverwurst and just eat it that way. You know, I know. Yeah. Okay. I know probably sounds disgusting. But then I will take, yeah, liverwurst. But then I'll take like a a Vidalia onion. Who can like it, right? And then I'll put, (laughs) I'll put avocado slices on a sandwich heavy mayonnaise or I'll take thousand Island and eat it together. Oh man, that's a meal right there. I'm just telling wow. you. Yeah. But that's the way I I'm roll. Not man. familiar with liverwurst. Not familiar. Yeah. It's, my it's, not it's, not a, it's not. It's not. <laughs> my dad used to like liver cheese. So I guess it's, it's liverwurst, but it's surround like the edges. It's like it's with cheese around it. And there's yeah. cheese around it. Yeah. yeah. He loved that. Loved it. Yeah. That was disgusting to me. Yeah, it's like, but you know, to me, any time it, it all it all depends, man. You know, sliced turkey, but 
But the thing is, if turkey is too dry, I don't want it. It's got to be moist. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, right. my father used to make the greatest turkey. My father knew how to cook turkey. Kula knows how to cook turkey. She knows how to do it. I mean, it never get, but, you know, she gives it a pep talk. You know, we have the birds cook and she has to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and then she's oiling it down and having a pep talk to it. And it's, you know, it's a 26 pound bird. And my mother-in-law brings the other 26-pound bird. And then we got all this stuff. We got more turkey coming out of the, you know, you name it. So it was always crazy. But uh, for me, it, it's it's just a good, it's just good eating, man. Bizarre foods. Sushi, sushimi, uh, any type of the, oh, really? No, sir, Rebob. I can't do it, man. How about you, <laughs> Janice? Sushi? Not a seafood, no. man. No, no, no. Really? No. No sushi, no, no, no. Mm -mm. Oh my god! Mm -mm -mm. No, sir. Is there any? I wonder if there's any good sushi places in Reno. I can ask my sister. I I don't know. There's got to be some. Yeah, well, the casinos probably have something, right? Some. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, you know, you know, for the people who are watching right now, Peter Carlos, and of course, uh, uh, Mariantia, who's watching right now. Uh, let me see. And our wonderful yeah. friend who just, you know, gave us Floria. Uh, let me see. I speak it and I read it and write it. And she, H, what, is she, a, what's an HPD officer, Janet? Not familiar. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. She's Greek, though. Okay. Right. Doesn't matter about that. All right. I'm just, you know, I just kind of curious. All that. I, RG Basilaris. I got to get RG. You know, we used to do the Basil Fun Hour. I'm going to bring back the Basil Fun Hour this summer for a couple of stuff because, but we got to get RG Basilaris. This is one of the funniest women I know. Um, and she uh, was an ex postal uh, inspector. And she's a gun toting inspector. And she goes, she tells some of the craziest things over there, but yeah, she don't play. But she is one of the funniest people. I love having her. Uh, I know. And I got to get her on. She's one of the boys, if you know what I mean. There she can go. hang. She can drink you and me underneath the Thank table. You under the table. <laughs> oh, both of us. Both of us. You know. Nice. Uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, we'll have to find out if Tony can, can be uh, yeah. drinking drinking her under the table, maybe. What do you think? Right. Mm. Let's invite him in. Let's, I think Let's he's in the lobby. In. Let's invite him in. <laughs> Let's bring him in. Hey, Tony, hey how I have been drinking all evening. As you should. Hey, preparing cheers. for the show. He's prepared for you guys. Oh, <laughs> tremendous. Tremendous. Uh, a member of the family. Let me read this quick bio real quick for all of our fans who are watching and listening. Uh, Tony Roth has been a farmer an Eagle Scout, which we will discuss later on, a college athlete, musician, serial, a serial entrepreneur. He has flown more than 11 million miles, holds six patents. He is the youngest of five competitive brothers. He's almost joined. He almost joined the seminary, but he thought he thought he thought twice about that. Um, he founded a national care management company in 2014 in honor of his late father. Uh, Nicholas Ford uh, was inspired by true events and was created a uh, 
Let me see. And was created over many glasses of scotch. Good man. <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm liking this guy more and more as I read. Blending years of bar stories, longstanding friendships in the intelligence community, and now uh, new research. Um, you see, Trigger Point is his first novel, and we're going to be talking all about this uh, in the Nicholas Ford series. Um, for more information, go to TonyRothAuthor.com. Tony, welcome in your intoxicated state to our show. Yes. <laughs> and this is the, let me show you the cover of, of the book i want to thank you for the actual book uh tony that you usually send us it's it's a it's a quick read i'm assuming it's a quick read it looks better in real life does it really in real life <laughs> i can't wait till you send me please autograph I'm gonna, it i'm gonna i'll sign three and send all three of you <laughs> Oh, wow. oh, you're awesome. Perfect. You can sort of follow that scotch, too, if you don't mind. That'd be great. <laughs> so, welcome to the show. Where uh, Can you tell us where you're calling in from right now? I am actually downtown Chicago. Lovely. Where uh, we've had torrential rain and, uh, you know, threatening tornadoes south of us. So, mm. interesting weather here in Chicago. Yeah. Now, welcome to uh, April in Chi-Town. Yeah. You know, exactly. yes, I know I'm from the Cleveland area, so I, I know kind of what the weather's like. It's kind of wacky for sure. Um, and, and by the way, listen, I want to I want to I, I talk a little bit about your background. Um, OK, I want to hear about the Eagle Scout. Uh, that is uh, you made Eagle Scout before you were 18. Yeah, uh, it's a big it's barely. A big, Barely. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it was let's just say you weren't a virgin anymore when you made Eagle Scout. Okay, uh, That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Good man. He's a drinker and a fornicator. Ladies and gentlemen, I like him already. Yeah. Well, I, didn't make it, I didn't make it despite the uh, altar boy status. I didn't make it into the seminary. So. <laughs> yeah, it was good. You know, which is kind of curious. Um, what, you know, just... Yeah, yeah, as a, as an Eagle Scout, I have a lot, a lot of respect because I used to tease that I couldn't make it that, that far, <laughs> and there's a long story with me. But um, you made it pretty far, and to be an Eagle Scout, it's a hell of an accomplishment for anyone uh, to make it to that. How did you wind up getting from there? Did you always think that you want to become a priest as, as when you no, were younger? You know, look, I grew up on a true story working farm downstate Illinois, just uh, east of Springfield, if you know mm -hmm. What they call uh, what the what the folks from uh, Central Illinois call Central Illinois because they wow hate, they they're very creative. Southern, Southern <laughs> <Illinois>. <laughs> but if you're in Chicago, anything south of Kankakee is Southern Illinois, but it's not. No. Uh, but anyway, any anything to get out of farm work, right? I joined, I played you know uh, tenor sax, piano, drums to get uh, into bands. My brothers and I had a band. I was an altar boy. I served altar boy status in a town of a thousand people where it was probably one third Catholic. And so I, you know, I did anything to get out of work. My, uh, my athleticism, thank God, took me into college. I ran track at Illinois. So okay. uh, my, my dad cut me slack on that finally. But uh, <laughs> scouting was a great way to get out and and uh experience you know outings lakefront property and uh <laughs> again get out of farm work so 
but I was into it. This is back. I got my Eagle Scout uh, in 1981, June oh, of wow. 1981, uh, which makes me 33 years old. And Tremendous. <laughs> and you look great for 33, um, by the way. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so, but I did it in Springfield. So I, I, it was fun being scouting back then was cool. You know, back in the late 70s, early 80s, it was still cool. So it was okay. My son, who's 23, he was, uh, he, he got into Boy Scouts, but we were living in Southern California uh, near Laguna Niguel, and it wasn't so cool. So I let him out of it. Yeah, I guess it depends where you live. I mean, I remember uh, when I became a a Cub Scout and I thought the world is mine and I (laughs) really looked good in that blue uniform. And to be honest with you, um, I loved it. I really loved it. And my mother and just couldn't get me to all the meetings, and I was missing out on things as I was moving up and everything. So anyway, so you all right. Get into Weeblos and Arrow of Light. Yeah, don't even get me started with the Weeblow <laughs> stuff because that was a long conversation yeah, <laughs> earlier no today. Therapy. No scouting therapy. <laughs> you see, you thought I was joking with you guys when I told them about the Weeblow stuff, and they go, "What? Who?" Where? Okay. I do not. A, Don't a go there. It was my own Vietnam flashback. As soon as they mentioned Weeblos, I was like, yeah. yeah. Good morning, Weeblos. Yeah. <laughs> you see, I didn't bring it up, folks. Uh, I yep, just want to let yep. you know I was not the one who brought it up. Right. Yes, I made it to there, and that's. Just wasn't crazy about the name, and I had to move on. Okay, so anyway, um, a couple of things. How did you start writing this book? How did you, I mean, was it as as painful as I find it to be, uh, or is it as fun as I sometimes find it to be? So I'll tell you, I'll give you the abbreviated uh, story behind this. Um, I got recruited out of college. So a lot of the beginning of the book is about Nicholas Ford uh, being recruited right out of college into the CIA. His recruiter is his case officer. He's building a team for Central uh, and Latin America to essentially launder money out of Congress, push it up through Panama. So he works as a undercover U.S. aid uh, officer at the Bogota, Colombia uh, embassy. And then pretends to have economic fronts, but they're really cartel covers. Cartel takes a little slice, pushes the money up to Panama. Noriega trades the money for guns and ammunition. That goes up into the freedom fighters who are, of course, fighting for democracy against Ortega when he's absorbing a lot of support from the Soviet Union and going communism uh, route. And so you can imagine the turmoil that happens. The fodder for all of this, I thought, well, I studied a little bit about Ian Fleming. I, I, I did a lot of reading on Philip Roth and, and, and all of these guys uh, hit home runs when they wrote about things they knew. So they put a little bit of themselves, a little bit of their town, a little bit of everything into it. Nicholas Ford, his background is really mine. Um, that's partially inspired by true events. I'm not going to talk about my affiliation with the with the agency, but what I will tell you is over the course of 35 years, we did a lot of bar hookups where we would have reunions, lots of dinners, meeting around uh, both the U.S. and Central and Latin America. And 
These are folks in the CIA, clandestine services. They are in the DEA, FBI, uh, you name it, State Department. And, and by 2006, I was telling all the stories, mostly because I didn't, I could hold my Glenn Livet. We drink a lot of stuff, mostly <laughs> So I started embellishing. These guys would talk about their stories. I would start making up stories. By 2006, they told me, hey, you need to write a book. You got to create a character. We'll help you. Let's write a book. I, I never did it. When COVID hit, my son had challenged me because I was challenging him in college his sophomore year back in 2020. I said, you got to have a life plan. He goes, dad, you need a life plan. He goes, what do you want to do? And I said, well, you know, I always have this burning desire to write a book. And I think I have just as good a content as some of these other crazy people online making a lot of money telling really bad stories. I go, I, I will do that. When COVID hit, everyone came out of the woodwork and said, write the book, write the book. I literally laid out a timeline of the historical events from 1986 to 1989, knowing what really happened. So again, it's historical fiction, right? Take the real event, take the real public figures, take what really happened, but then just start embellishing. And had so much fun. I wrote 113,000 words in 90 days, March wow. uh, through June. And wow. <laughs> That's wow. You're impressing a publisher. So, oh, you know, that's something special. So here's what's funny. I send it around. I get a consultant. They send it down to a guy named Daniel Roth, who's 74 years old back in, in 2020. He's now my, my editing partner, if you will. He, he, no relation, worked with Simon Schuster. He reads it, writes this blistering memo to me, a page and a half, and says, it sounds like you're telling stories in a bar. It's all narrative. But if you if you develop these characters and learn how to write dialogue and put a little more structure into it, you may have something. He goes, if you want to call me, I'll give you 30 minutes. Now, this guy's first book to movie was Taxi Driver with Martin Scorsese and oh, all Jesus. those guys. Wow. And he had done about 30 yeah. books to movies with Simon Schuster and then went on to have a great career with HarperCollins. And then he teaches and does fun stuff now. So I called him up and he started to explain to me what the three act structure is. And I said, you know, do you teach like for real? And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, why don't you just teach me, but you can come aboard, I'll pay you. And then we'll figure out maybe there'll be a team here because I need to learn how to write fiction. He took me under his wing. We fixed that book in less than six months. We, we took it around and within about 90 days, we decided we, we co-opted the publishing with Merrill Moss Media Group and it is taken off. So it's been a bit of a wild ride, but I like the way I do it because a lot of it comes from memory and mm -hmm. these bar stories and I already know the history. So that for me makes it a very simple process. How very, very cool. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, and Janice and JR know this. One of my favorite authors has always been Tom Clancy. Oh, yeah. And the series of books that it did. Um, and a lot of people, and I worked in D.C., as a matter of fact. I I don't want to say a similar uh, uh, path that you took, but I worked in D.C. And I hung out with a lot of friends of mine who were in different services and everything. And I was around during Big Pine 1 and Big Pine 2, sure. where I got a chance when I was actually on Capitol Hill at that time working for a congresswoman and also for DOD. And 
what I loved about Clancy, I could have gotten anything I wanted. And I basically did just going to CRS, which is part of the Madison Library, which is the Congressional Research Service. And you can ask and ask Tom Clancy where he got his stuff because he got questioned left and right by FBI and CIA as to how he wound up getting it. And he wound up getting this information from CRS. Okay. Also from retired generals and admirals. And it was hysterical. And he goes, and he kind of like weaving the story like you did, uh, creating, you know, his Nicholas Ford, if you will. And, you know, with Jack Ryan and actually wound up, uh, you know, doing this. So I, I love how you got your inspiration over some scotch and drinking and shooting the bull and you wound up having this. This is just absolutely, you know, I, I love stories like this. When you first got started, uh, you know, because I'm sure you had other writers that you had in mind as well that you should, I'm sure you read their books. Was there another author that you kind of want to somewhat, I don't want to say emulate or someone that you really, really admired? I mean, you may have admired Clancy as well. Who knows? Oh, I love Clancy, Patterson, Lacar. You know, I still, I really like the old stories from Ian Fleming, you know, and I, I'll be brutally honest. I wrote this book for the people who like to read a book that probably should end up on a series or a movie. In, in reality, people read the book and they're like, this would make a great movie. And I'm like, well, great, because <laughs> that's kind of what I had in mind as I was <laughs> writing it. That's why it's a series. Um, mm-hmm. I've got two more right right behind it. We hope to bring both of them out in the early part of next year. Uh, I had to get my courage up and see if this one was going to take fire or not. And, uh, <laughs> so, so far, it seems to be proving out. So we're, we'll, we'll put the effort in and, and bring the next two out. They're not necessarily reliant upon each other. They're both, they're all three going to be great stories in their own right, but they do pick up, you know, in the time span. And then we'll see, we'll, we'll move, uh, we'll move Nicholas Ford around the, the world at that point. I mean, with Ian Fleming, I mean, the one thing about Ian Fleming, he came at the right time because yeah. there was so much espionage going on. Oh, go ahead, Janice. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have a, we have sure. a signal. We have a signal. We do this if we have yeah. a question. But the problem is I can't see crap. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, and I don't have a pen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to hold up my chapstick. <laughs> you want to go first, Jr. No, and then no, I'll take not off. At all. Not at all. You go right ahead, please. I don't right know if right I ahead. remember my question now. No, I do. <laughs> when when you're when you're thinking about the writing process versus the marketing process, which one do you find to be more difficult? Oh, that's a good question. I think the marketing process is a bigger pain in the rear end because <laughs> I would uh, agree with you. <laughs> literary, I didn't, I've been an entrepreneur since really the 90s, early 90s. And so you can imagine, I've been drugged around the block. I've been defrauded around the block. I've been celebrated around the block. But this literary world of 
what's going to happen next? And is your book going to be acceptable yeah. or not? And Amazon is 60% of everything. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, <laughs> we'll, we'll you have to this. be creative. <laughs> so I, I, I shoestringed it and brought in some really cool social media people. So if you go to my site, we put the site up about nine months before we even brought the book out and began to create the caricature of Nicholas Ford. We put podcast out, book trailers. That that 90 second book trailer is worthy. I've been told that that's really helping, uh, you know, get the story out. Nicholas Ford is a very human character. So for me, writing it, is easy. I, I I think what's missing in some of the formulaic spy movies of today and books of today, I think John Le Carr is one of the best at keeping it complicated and yet allowing the reader to find his or her way through it. Um, but he his is more plot oriented. I think bringing Nicholas Ford to life and giving people all of the color behind Nicholas Ford's background, being an Eagle Scout, being a farm boy, you know, in the 1980s, there was a big movement to recruit from the Midwestern colleges like University of Illinois, and as opposed to Yale and all the traditional Ivy Leagues, you know, and people from the Midwestern schools would, would, would say, yeah, it's because we're patriotic, we're hardworking, we, we don't mind getting our hands a little bit dirty because, because of that patriotism, we'll go the extra mile and do the, you know, do the impossible. The problem is they're so patriotic, they get taken advantage of. And Nicholas Ford finds himself in a lot of moral turmoil, you know, right away, doing maybe some acts that in most, you know, circumstances would be seen as illegal or immoral or downright vicious and uh, evil. And he has to find a way to console himself on one hand because of his duty and then uh, remind himself, on the other hand, he has to get the job done. Uh, and he's betraying, he's being betrayed, enemies turn into allies, allies turn into enemies, and it's quite the ride. So I'm, I got to get you the book because you guys are going to love it. I can feel it already. Are you kidding me? I mean, I got I got the paper here. Hold on. I, hold on. You see this? I don't need the book. Well, I'm going to send you the hardback because that way you'll be staring at me no matter what. <laughs> and you won't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know. Listen, uh, and uh, before oh, I'm sorry. Before oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I still don't. I still don't have a pen. So yeah, go ahead. I'm going on my medication. Yeah, oh, yeah. as you should, and wash it down with that scotch. There it is. No, I, I think I, I think you're right. But uh, I, having the people from the Midwest probably does make a lot more sense because you're right. They are more patriotic, in my opinion. You know, um, you know, in the Midwest, I have friends of mine who who I've met when I worked in D.C. who are now. Big shots, but it's kind of funny. You said we now, you know, you don't know who's in the clandestine services right now. These are the scumbags yeah. that you kind of want out there. Right? Yeah. You know, you know, well, you know. people, I'll give you another tidbit in the in the eighties. Uh, about almost half, roughly forty four percent of the clandestine operatives were civilian contractors, so yeah. they had regular lives. And uh, back then. 
almost half of the undercover agents uh, were encouraged and or, you know, told it's okay to get married. And poor Nicholas was one of these guys. He got married even though he was trying to get married because he and his college sweetheart wanted to please their Midwestern mom and dad and have a career and get married out of college and do all these things. And that was the deal back then. Wasn't the right deal because Nicholas, boy, I'll tell you, he was being manipulated in college. His Spanish professor, uh, who was teaching him Spanish, but he kind of had a crush on, nothing ever happened in college, but she turns up later as his interpreter and cohort in the field, which obviously leads to a love affair and a kind of a, you know, interesting triangle situation. The real triangle is between the agency and Nicholas Ford and his uh, case officer and recruiter, Vincent. And, you know, it's that old joke, and I'm, you probably have heard this in Washington, D.C., where, hey, it re must be really good to have friends in the CIA. And my response for 30 years has always been, yeah, it is, until it's not. It can really suck at that point. <laughs> you know, so. uh, there, there's, there's another great author out there, um, because I really do want a book because yes. I can I can only read so much of this, uh, you know, yes. uh, but uh, Gary Grossman with the Red Series, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, uh, he he would tell me about having people that you would not think would be involved right. in these various in, in working in the clandestine services um, that you would expect. And you never really know. That's right. Uh, and it's very, very true. There are people who I personally know that you're like, no way. And then you realize like, okay. And you just shake your head and you don't discuss it ever again. And you move on, you know, and that's really about it. But yeah, it's really great. I know someone and all of a sudden you said until it really, really sucks. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. Well, um, what do you think? After this series, uh, where do you think you want to go afterwards after you're done with Nicholas? Or do you want it to oh, keep no, going? Oh, um, no. So I – look, I – people ask me, what did you – what's your goal? My goal is to have a dozen, two dozen books possibly. And I could see myself having a farmhouse half the year and then a lake house or a, uh, something with some water down in the southeast probably uh, the other half of the year. I still have farm uh, interest in central Illinois is over a hundred years in our family. So oh, I, wow. I would yeah. love to go back there uh, from a small town originally and just take it easy and take six months, write a couple books and keep the series going. I think Nicholas is going to mature over the next uh, five, 10, 12 years. Uh, and I think that journey in and of itself, that personal development that you allow that character to have is, is going to be rich, uh, and very fruitful, uh, for people who want to follow a, a really cool character through the sands of time, you know, through the mid eighties to maybe even the late nineties or early two thousands and then, uh, and see how he handles it and what happens to him. His love interest, Gabriella. Uh, is she's half American and half Mexican, uh, very exotic, ends up becoming a major character in this. All of the women love Gabriella. They want to know. They're basically, I wrote three different endings, and I got uh, overwhelming. Uh, one ending in particular leaves it open 
for Gabriella. And uh, so you'll have to, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. You'll have to read about her. She's uh, she's got the you know fanned out uh, brown hair, brown eyes. Uh, you know, yeah, she sounds unattractive. She sounds yeah. definitely <laughs> unattractive. <laughs> Ugly as hell. Situations poor Nicholas couldn't couldn't uh, you know get out of. But uh, I think bottom line, it's for me, it's really going to be about the character development and then uh, what's happening with the government narratives. The other aspect to this book is uh, there's some things disclosed in this. It's always, you know, well, what if the government was thinking this? And as you, you may or may not recall, uh, Reagan's agenda was freedom fighters, but Congress wasn't for it. Uh, he couldn't get things done. So things were happening um, around the, 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 the Senate, around Congress, and, um, and probably illegally for the most part, to the point where George Bush was hiding behind the pillars uh, just to get elected. <laughs> yeah. Reagan was leaving. But the, the entire narrative shifts. In fact, a couple of the chapters talk about turnabout is not fair play or, you know, change in narrative. And night, this book kind of comes to a conclusion around 1989 when they finally convince Ortega that he has to sign the Central American Peace Accord and push away uh, communism. And that became the savior. That was the narrative savior uh, for Reagan to kind of keep his ass out of the fire on that one. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good, it's a good tale. It's a good I mean, book. if you really think about it, I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead, JR. No, 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 go, okay. I'll wait up there and no, keep your point. No, go there was, you know, during that time, a lot of people don't know about George Bush's involvement. I mean, he was head spook at CIA Yeah. for, I want to say four to six years. Yep. Yep. And, you know, basically the, our enemies around the world were very nervous when George Bush was president. It was the same way they felt when Yuri Andropov was first secretary, because he was the head of the KGB. Yeah. And he was the one who also put down the Hungarian revolution back in what, 56, 58. Right. They were always worried about Bush. He came across as that, Hey, I'm George Bush. I'm not going to do it. I'm yeah. No. Wouldn't he was, yeah, he <laughs> knows, he knew stuff that, that, you know, and a lot of people knew what he knew. And there was pictures of him with Noriega and stuff in past uh, times. But if you remember the one thing I loved about Noriega, when they got rid of him out of Panama. Yeah. Which is, is book two, by the way. I love it. They wound up putting these humongous speakers and yeah. they were playing rock and roll music 24 <laughs> hours a day and cranked it to 10 until everyone's ears were bleeding. And that's the way they finally, he, he finally yeah. surrendered. Yeah. You know? the, uh, there is uh, some psyops in book number two. It's going to be called the operative and the psyops of, Oh, you want a hundred thousand people revolting uh, in downtown <laughs> Nicaragua at the government center. Let's go for it. <laughs> <You know? Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> within hours, you could get a hundred thousand people rioting. They're not sure why they just know it's the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, here's a white envelope. <laughs> you know, thank you very much for your service. <laughs> yes. So, so there's a lot of things that happen. Um, you know, uh, there's probably a half a dozen missions going wrong uh, at the time that Just Cause, you know, because they rolled it all up into a Just Cause mission 
uh, at the end to get rid of uh, Manuel Noriega. But there is a lot of screw ups uh, in the in the process of getting to that final thrust. Mm -hmm. it, it involves the archdiocese. It involves a political ambassador that was close to uh, uh, Manuel Noriega. And uh, and you'll see some uh, Nicholas gets to uh, create an asset out of a woman 22 years his senior in this book. So, yeah, baby. Yeah. So yeah. he's maturing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, you know, I, you know, it's OK. You know, you get get those women in there. You got to, you know, older women need love, too. You know what I'm That's saying? That's right. <laughs> we all need love. Absolutely. Everybody, need, everybody needs love, right? Absolutely. Tony, really quick, tell us how can all of our listeners and viewers, how can they get your book and how can they actually reach out to you as well? So you can find me at TonyRothAuthor.com. And it's uh, you'll see everything about Nicholas Ford series. You'll see the new book excerpts. Uh, podcast, book trailers, uh, advanced praise, all that fun stuff. You'll find the book at Amazon.com. It's only at Amazon right now, although we have plans to open up distribution later this year before the holidays. And there is a special going on on Kindle. Um, apparently, I'm on the track to be one of those new author bestseller list clubbers in oh, the wow. month of April. So nice. they're running a promotion right now to try and get me over the top. I think it's 99 cents for Kindle, uh, regularly like 14.95 for the paperback. You're right. And um, and and it's uh, and you'll find trailers if you do follow the author on Amazon. You'll you'll find the trailer there. You can read more about what we're up to. Books two and three won't come out until probably Q1 of next year. Just FYI. Okay. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for you were a great sport. You know, we were laughing about the Boy Scout thing. I'm like, would, I don't know if I would put Boy Scout on my resume, but you did. And now I know why yeah. <laughs> it worked out great. And um, uh, it's it was really great having you. anyone who can drink scotch on the air with us. Uh, yeah. As all right. As a matter of fact, Jared, well, show them what you're drinking right now. Well, the bottle, the I was, my glass is empty. The bottle's in the cabinet over there. So, yeah. but I'm drinking some Jeffersons. Oh, well, my you... my bottle's down at the Florentine restaurant at the JW Marriott downtown Chicago. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, that's where I came up, and I was calling Janice. I don't have my link yet. I want to be on this show, but I don't have my link yet. <laughs> yeah, you know those those services like to throw me into spam. They just that's don't right. like me very much. <laughs> <laughs> Gmail, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh thank you so much for being with us. And no, I, you know what? I, I hope can we get I, I would love to get you back on. You've been a great guest. Yeah. Love to get you back on. Let us know when the new book comes out. And I promise you would love to have it back on again. You have been yeah. just so much fun. Thank you so much for being with us, Tony. Very good. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of the night, and I appreciate the the opportunity to be on with you. Are you kidding me? It was our pleasure. Yeah. Talk All soon. Right. Thanks, All Tony. Right. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. What a great interview. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was awesome. He yeah, actually was, was a lot of fun when he brought up Weeblo, who was well-behaved. Hey, you know what I mean? Who was well-behaved? Exactly. We, we all were. We handled, like we, we handled it like the adults we are. Yeah, well, okay. That's what you're going hey, with. Lucky, right. I, was, I was loading up for the hard-hitting stuff. Luckily, I didn't get to ask question again, but, you know, whatever. <laughs>
Always trying to hold, always holding the brother down, you know, whatever, man. No, this was my favorite today with Janice. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, I'll see, I'll we got to come up with a better system. Of, uh, I got to quit. <laughs> but me and Lord, it's funny because me and, me and Janice see it playing this day. <laughs> you never see it. Can't even see my chapstick too. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, Dude, my oh, I gotta give myself the drum roll. Okay. <laughs> Where's the drum roll? Let's take you too long. <laughs> oh no, I made the uh, the rim shot. There it is. That's what I meant. <laughs> Oh my God, that was hysterical! Oh my goodness! Okay, gracious. for all the people that were listening, let me see. George passes. Argy Vasilaris, Jan Hermson. Do we know her? Yeah, there she is. Okay, Argy Vasilaris again. Peter Carlos. Uh, yeah, uh, Marianne Galeras. He says, "I need a sparkler." <laughs> I like it. <laughs> No, it was actually very, you know what I really, really enjoyed, I got to be honest with you, is he's very right. There was a place when I worked on Capitol Hill, and it was called Basil's. And I always thought, how cool was that? That was right next to, oh my God, I, I don't know if it was, it wasn't next to the Rayburn building, uh, the Longview, I can't remember. So, uh and we would go there and you would see congressmen talking with other congressmen. And then you'd see some people who, you know, were either FBI, um, you, you know, you could tell there was just a different look to them and they would talk and then you could see them wearing guns and shit like, yeah, I'm sorry, stuff like that. It was always pretty interesting to see that, you know, and, um, and I was really, you know, he's right. And a lot of times, you know, uh, agents, foreign agents would get information just from sitting at these bars and listening mm -hmm. because they didn't know if this was bullshit or if this was, they were talking business and, yeah. you know, Langley was not that far, you know, and they, everyone wanted yeah. to go into DC and have a date or have some drinks or whatever. So it was de definitely a different time and a different, and you know, it's going to be interesting now to see what's going to happen now with uh, all the stuff in um, the Ukraine and, um, and what's going to happen with Putin. Um, that's going to be something a little bit interesting to say the least. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what's uh, with that. Uh, next no, round. He, he had a little, uh, it says thanks, Basil. I bought the Kindle version yeah. of this interesting book. How about that? Oh, that's there you right. go. There you go. There you, you know, I, and that's, that's really exactly what we we want. We want that's to be great. able to have people. You know, when we bring authors on, it's really Janice who brings them on because, you know, being a, an actual publisher um, and an editor, and she is, you know, helps people uh, put books out. Um, she knows, and <clears throat> this was a this was a good call, Janice. I'm glad that we had uh, Tony on. Yeah. Me too. Me too. He yeah. was interesting. I would say yeah, the definitely. least. I love All a good thriller anyway. You know, a good spy thriller. I'm not a, you know, I don't, I haven't read too many of the books, but a good spy thriller movie and all that. I love a good one. Yeah. That's, that's right up my alley. Did you ever watch Hunt for Red October? Of course. Okay. Of course. I mean, to me, Hunt for Red October is, was one of the best movies. Gene Hackman, man, Gene Hackman in that movie was just incredible, right? And Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Uh, he was the lieutenant going against. Uh, 
Wasn't it, it was Sean Connery? You're thinking about the Alabama. Um, no, I'm thinking of uh, when they were on the USS Alabama. They were with, in the submarine. No, yeah. I thought it was Hunt for Red October. My no, bad. that wasn't Hunt for Red October. It was Sean Connery uh, who played the the actual Russian um, captain uh, who is of Crimson uh, Tide. I'm thinking Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Yeah, Crimson it was Tide, on, on the bad, USS yeah. Alabama. The that was submarine. My my bad. But anyway, that was so I have not seen Hunt for Red October. Go grab Hunt for Red October and watch okay. it from the beginning to end. And it's a tremendous movie. Uh, and how people who work for CIA and how they think outside the box. And um, when it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's really interesting, you know, okay. to, to say the least. And I'm not going to blow it. Gotcha. I'll check it you out. For sure. Anyway, folks, I don't know. Janice, who do we got next week? Do we know who we got next week? I don't remember off the top of my head. So okay. we'll just surprise you. We will surprise we you, go. folks. Uh, listen, uh, thank you so much for watching The Pinch of Basil. Uh, it's been a wonderful time. This is, again, April 13th. We're so happy that you joined us with our wonderful uh guest uh, tony roth who had the wonderful book called trigger point i want to thank all of you and especially my co-host janice hermson and jr quitman my name is basil hey love to all of you we'll see you guys later on peace <laughs>